Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's Charlie Parsons for Boxing Social in association with William Hill and Empire Fight Store. It is a lovely September evening. The summer weather has missed us, but it's come out in September. Edward, you are donning the most rascal shirt I've ever seen. I was actually thinking, I've got a bit of a problem uh, um, where I see things differently to other people. Because when I put this shit, Zara, but like what I'm really into at the moment is real, like soft, loose fitting shirts. You know what I mean? Like a couple of buttons undone. Like, but when I looked at myself this morning, my ego is that wild that I thought you look unbelievable. Like you look unbelievable. When I took a photo of myself and Alex Crasser today, I thought you look something straight out of Ace Ventura. You look like a complete and utter Bennett. What are you wearing? People were looking at me walking down the street going, I said, yeah, over there, what is he wearing? And I don't know. But I'm kind of at the, the, the situation in my life where I actually don't get, I couldn't care less. So I'm going to continue to wear rascal shirts. But granted, this doesn't look how I thought it looked this morning. Oh, it, you can talk. You look like the geezer who won the lottery about 25 years ago. Google him, Michael something. I will have a look at him. It's, it's a nice day. We can get a little bit of breeze going on, armpits out, a little bit of a chain in there. I don't wear a chain, mate, but... No, I have. I've got... Yes. Yeah, yeah, really nice. Armpits out. Exactly what people want to see, actually. Well, luckily, they can only see you. Oh, right. Is that how you do it? That is. It's literally just your I face. Think that's a bad idea. I think you should do a split screen. Uh, shall I move to split screen? Let's uh, let's change the way we do things. We've moved it to split screen. Um, Edward, other than that, how, how's things? Things are good, mate. Um... It's been a bit weird, really, having like two or three weeks with no shows. Obviously, that all starts again next week in Mexico. And we run through probably till December 23rd with probably one weekend off. So I feel great. I feel really good. Like towards the back end of that run, I was a bit ill and tired and just training like a monster. Obviously, the 5K times aren't up with you, Parsons, but... Just really can't wait to get cracking again. Excited, refreshed, a lot going on in the world of boxing and uh, ready to go. Well, let's go into that. You had your meeting with Alex Krasuk today. Um, from what you told me last week, you were waiting uh, something mandated from the IBF for that Philip Hergovich, Alexander Rusik fight. Was that what today's meeting was about? No, it was more of a friendly catch-up, to be honest with you. I mean, obviously, he was in London. And when I saw he was in London, I just messaged him and said, you fancy a coffee tomorrow? So... Obviously, the, the Hergovic situation is pressing, and I was pretty honest with him. Obviously, it's our job to push that mandatory as hard as we can. Um, we think that will be ordered very shortly. Um, probably, well, I know he'll be looking at the Fury fight, obviously. Um, and it's our job to try and 
put Philip Hergovic in the best position to get a shot at the world heavyweight title ASAP. So not not too much discussed business-wise, a little bit of chat about, you know, the, the Poland event that they did. And just, you know, I get on well with Alex. I think he's a good guy. And it was just more of a social catch-up. Eddie, in terms of that Hergovic Usyk fight, I'm led to believe that they're currently in talks about making Fury Usyk or, or some sort of conversations going on. How would that all fit in? We know that at the minute there wouldn't really be any reason to push it back when Tyson still have his, has his own upcoming date. Yeah, I think it would be difficult to get an exception for that fight right now with Tyson Fury's fight coming up. Uh, you know, we appreciate that's a big event, but at the same time, Philip Hergovic has been waiting a long time. And once he shot the world heavyweight title. So there's lots of conversations going on. You know, if you read Twitter, it's, you know, AJ Wilder might not happen now. It might be AJ Fury. And then AJ or Fury's might fight Usyk and Usyk might fight Hergovic. And like, to be honest with you, any of those things that I just said are possible. That's the reality of the situation. Um, you know, before you ask it, our fight with, Wilder hasn't changed in the last three or four days since we last sat down. Um, are there conversations about Fury AJ? Not really. Would Saudi be interested in that fight? Yeah, I think so. Would they be interested in Usyk against Fury? Yes. Are they interested in AJ against Wilder? Yes. You know, for 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 my position, we just want to try and nail the Wilder fight. Really, would we be interested in looking at Fury fight? One hundred percent. But. The Wilder fight is the one that we've obviously been talking about for a few months now, and we want to try and progress it. AJ also wants to fight. You know, he's uh, really enjoying the activity. And if he can't fight in January, I think you'll see him fight in December. But still our intentions, as it was last week, to try and close, close the Wilder deal. I suppose I'll stick on the Anthony Joshua topic then. Would I be right in saying that sort of a few more stumbling blocks have come up in this AJ Wilder stuff or not really? Not really. Um, someone said it's very slow. It is very slow. It's a lot of money. And, you know, I was on um, the Zone Boxing Show earlier and actually, you know, what I can't understand. What's the holdup? Like, the holdup is it's a lot of money and it has to go through a process of approval. Um, and there's a lot happening in the landscape of Saudi boxing. As well, I think you know that's no secret. So, yeah, is the fight going to happen? I believe so. I'm confident, but at the same time, we're not putting all our eggs in that basket to just not plan anything else. And obviously, speaking to Shelley Finkel, they're even talking about potentially fighting in October. But we need a, a conclusion, and we need to know what we're doing, and hopefully, that will come soon. How soon is that time scale? I know you don't really know, but sort of from your side of things, you do have word from the Saudi Arabian people that you deal with that the intent is to still try and get this fight in. Yeah, and you know, for us, if we're going to fight in December, it's very likely now with our dates that we will have to do a show December twenty third as well. That's obviously with the potential of Eubank Ben. That's with the potential of maybe AJ fighting. I don't know. So. Um, if we're going to go towards the back end of December, we need to make sure that we announce that fight towards the end of September. So we've probably got three weeks to decide do we want AJ to fight in December or are we going to get this Wilder fight made? 
We're well, already talking about the schedule coming up. You're making my life a whole lot easier. I suppose, firstly, just a quick recap. I know you've done little bits already, but on the weekend, Eubank Jr., probably the best performance of his career so far. We know that Liam, problems with the weight and the build-up, and obviously rolled both the angle, ankles quite nastily in the second round, but pretty punch-perfect from Chris. Yeah, I think always in these situations, we look at the other guy was knackered at the weight, his ankles went all this, but you have to give props to Eubank. I thought he boxed well. It wasn't the true Liam Smith in there, but tough. Whatever Liam Smith turns up on the night is the Liam Smith in front of him. And I thought Eubank boxed well. Don't forget he was under a lot of pressure in that fight. And I think he just looked different, you know, all week. I think he looked great on the scales. Didn't look drawn. I believe he has a new nutritionist. I don't know who that is, but that's what I read. I think they prepared him well. Obviously, Bomac done a good job in the corner. Um, and a good win. You know, I said to Caleb before the fight, please uh, either win or lose well to tee up the Eubank fight. And the win was, you know, it couldn't have made that fight any bigger. Well, let's talk about that then. It's one that's captivated the audience. Uh, Connor's been reposting stuff. Uh, Calla the Sourlands have been reposting stuff. You put stuff out straight away. I said, Edward, can we do a Zoom? This was the minute the fight had finished. Oh, yeah. said, no. <laughs> um, but that fight, I suppose two questions. One, is it bigger than it's ever been now? Like the rescheduled date and everything now that Eubank's got that revenge over Liam Smith. But two, um, just on, on your side of things, a stadium fight, it sort of probably could be, but when you're looking at December, do you get the whole Fury Chisora similar situation? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, in your first question, the fight's bigger than it's ever been. I mean, people have been talking about Conor Ben, as we know, for well over a year now, every day. And, you know, I always felt that even if Eubank lost on Saturday, the fight's still big, but now it's huge. And we want to get it made. You know, I had lunch with Calla today. He obviously wants to make the fight because it's the biggest fight for Chris Eubank. We want to make the fight. It's the biggest fight for Conor Ben. Um, and it's huge. Stadium, yes. You know, we either go to Millennium Stadium or we do it as Fury did in, in the cold, which they got away with last time. Is that uh, sorry to interrupt? Do you rule out the O2 then for the for that fight? It has to be a stadium. Availability, yeah, we ruled out. Um, but it's massive. I mean, we could sell that fight out in Wembley, Millennium Stadium, and like in a day. So, you know, that I'm confident. Obviously, it always takes two to tango, but Eubank wants the biggest fights out there, you know, and I'm sure he'd like to do a job on Conor Ben. And Conor Ben wants the biggest fights out there. And I know he wants to do a job on Chris Eubank. So, just can't see anything but that fight happening. Do you think, reflecting back, there was a lot of talk about Eubank wanting the Ben fight. I think a lot of people acknowledge that regardless of the Liam Smith rematch, the, there was more money with the Ben fight. But now, he's probably in the best situation he's ever been. He, he's managed to do that revenge. Okay, not for the same money that could have been made. But now, tease up the Conor Ben fight for some really big money. Yeah, you know, the, the, like I said, biggest fight for both guys. Um, and Eubank will believe he has the beating of Conor Ben. Conor Ben thinks he knocks him out inside six rounds. Let him go at it. Um, you know how big that fight is. Everybody's talking about it. Some will moan about it, but inevitably it's going to happen. And now, following the weekend, bigger than ever. 
Edward Bomack has been arrested at Manchester Airport for the possession of a firearm. Apparently, he, he flew in on a private chartered plane, and that's how it didn't get screened. Look, we're not going to go into the intricacies of stuff, but boxing is a sport that always comes out with lots of weird news. This is another one of said weird news. He will not be... Uh, I think he has a, a court appearance on the 9th of October. So over a month in, in a Mancunian prison cell, probably not the uh, news we expected from boxing this week. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a police incident, so there's no point sort of speculating over it, but um, not good. I mean, I actually had a interview with an American journalist. And I was like, you know, obviously it's a bit different over there than it is over here. I was like, yeah, just slightly. Like, I don't know what the rules are. I said, well, the rules are you can't carry a gun. It's certainly not a loaded one. Um, and yeah, wild that he brought it over, wild that he had it here in Manchester. I mean, like, but, you know, the, the mentality between the two countries is very different. You know, yeah. So you different. He carries that around with him openly. Probably, I don't know the gun laws in Nebraska, but I'm, you know, presuming open carry. And it's just mental, mental. Um, but it's a serious situation, you know, as I was explaining to the journal today, you know, he's going to have that hearing in October. I presume his lawyer will get him out on bail, but he'll have to remain in the UK until that hearing. They're not going to let him just fly off somewhere. Um, that obviously affects training out for other fighters and particularly probably for Chris Eubank's next fight. Because even if he's, I mean, I don't think you're going to get cleared in that instance, but even if you are, I don't know what the, the penalty would be, I don't know if he'll be able to return to the UK, to be honest with you. And, you know, everything's just speculation at this point, but... Yeah, it's a pretty, I mean, it's was it minimum of five years, maximum of 10, but who knows? Wild, wild. Wild, wild, as boxing always is. Um, Look, just on the weekend's action on Friday, obviously it was surfaced that there was no VADA testing for Eubank Jr. versus Smith. Uh, ben Shalom made some comments saying that UCAD testing was sufficient enough and sort of dismissed the need of further testing. Since then, some quite alarming uh, stats about UCAD have came out that I think it's like 9% of athletes um, in camp and, and, and something like, 22% afterwards. The stats ain't great. Uh, Dave Allen came out and said he wasn't tested once in the build-up to his fight with Fraser Clark and afterwards. We know that UCAD don't necessarily have the uh, sort of ability to do it all. They cover so many sports. It's a wide governing region. This is sort of by the argument that we need further. We need VADA, right? Yeah, I mean, you can't really come out and say we know that UCAD don't really have the resources to do a lot of testing and then at the same time say that's sufficient, which is really what they said. The reason that we do VADA testing on top of UCAD is they don't test enough. For the bigger fights, they do test a lot more than they do for other fights. I mean, it's mad to think that, you know, you made a point earlier on social media, when you, in, you know, part of this matchroom plan that we have is for testing for not just the main event, but for the show on a random level, right? Obviously, the main event should always have a bigger focus. It's, but at the same time, I can't believe that UCAD don't test Dave Allen or Fraser Clark. No. Like, oh, yeah. I understand. It's all down to the money that you pay, right? The board can't pay loads of money to test every single fighter every week, blah, blah. But 
if you're part of that program, which you are, if you're a British Boxing Board of Control member, at least you know you may be tested. But for Dave Allen to never be tested and to not be tested after the fight as well, and Fraser and stuff like that, like, you know, Adam Azim, Adam Azim's opponent, like, and we know that testing on fight night is not, you know, one, it's not going to stop the fighter entering the ring with an illegal substance inside them. But two, some people who are trying to cheat the system will, you know, look, testing positive on fight night is always unlikely. So I just, you know, I've, listen, I've ranted enough about Novada testing, but you can't, everybody knows. And I don't know how many times Eubank and Smith got tested. Once, twice in the build-up, it's not enough. You know, Vada are going to test you five or six times probably over a 12 or 10 week cycle of, you know, your training cycle. Like, to, there's no excuse for a pay-per-view card that's generating a lot of revenue not to pay for additional testing. You, um, you know, to say that it's confidential, it's not confidential. The results are confidential. It's not confidential to say there's Vada testing. Like they announce it on their Twitter. Varda, if you go to, and now you're seeing, because I've made the commitment to Varda test every show. It cost me a fortune. But can't preach it and not do it, and not pay for it. But all these other people that are telling me what's right and what's wrong, oh, another matchroom. How can you criticise a matchroom show for, for, you know, a sample coming up positive when we're the only ones testing? Like every now and again, someone will do a Varda like. I think Warren has Vada testing for Joyce against Zang. What about all the other shows? No. So now, as I said in my interview yesterday, I want to put the pressure on. I want the public media to put pressure on the other TV promoters to make sure that every show has Vada testing. And you will see now, if you look at Vada's Twitter, they're starting to announce all our shows now that have Vada testing. Like we're, we're having Vada testing for Hitchens against Zapida. Patrick Linares was announced recently. Even Ryan against uh, McCaskill. That's an undercard fight. So wow. it's costing a fortune. But hopefully people respect the fact that we are trying to make an effort to make the sport as safe, as clean as possible. I just hope other people follow suit. Finally, from me, Edward, let's look at the schedule moving forward. We've got some announced. Uh, Frank Smith said that there could be a show November 11 in the UK. Also dates the 2nd and the 9th of December. Expected you to have shows. And you just said to me, December the 23rd. What sort of fighters are we working with and those four dates specifically? Yeah, we have September, September the 15th, obviously next week. We have a big show, Mexican Independence Weekend in Tijuana. Uh, Angel Fierro. Uh, Erica Cruz coming back, Sky Nicholson for the interim world title. Good card out there. Federico Pacheco as well, a lot of Mexican talent. The week after, we have a great card in Orlando. Hitchens against Zapeda, uh, McCaskill against Sandy Ryan, uh, Ammo Williams against uh, Steve Rose, maybe even Connor Ben. ben I was just about to say. Maybe, maybe. September 30, obviously, Jay Pataya, Jordan Thompson for the world title, Eddie Scottney, etc. The week after, Massive show in Sheffield with Josh Warrington against Lee Wood for the world title, Harper against Brackhouse and others. October the 14th weekend, maybe a free weekend, maybe. It's also KSI against Tommy Fury on the zone. Um, October the 21st is Catterall against Linares in Liverpool. October 28th, a massive world title fight will be announced this week uh, in America or in Mexico. Cancun. 
maybe, if you fancy it. <laughs> I do. November 4th, obviously, you know, Monaco is going to be announced shortly. November 11th looks like another UK show. November 18th is Diego Pacheco in Los Angeles. November 25th, Chantel Cameron against Katie Taylor in Dublin. And then you've got 2nd, 9th, 16th is Sonny Edwards against Bam Rodriguez and the 23rd. And 2, 9, two, nine and 23 could shape up as Devin Haney, Regis Progre, Conor Ben against Chris Eubank, and maybe even Anthony Joshua, subject to the Deontay Wilder fight. So Hello, December is going to be a little bit of a, a firecracker to end the year. So um, it's non-stop. One weekend, it looks like, off from next week. And we're fucking pumped and ready to go, baby. I'm happy, mate. I've had too much time alone in Sirens to get me back on the move. I'm looking forward to this resort in Orlando. Finally, for me, cold baths, everything's working, the runs, the men's health stuff. Edward, you started this little tune when you got the Fight Day 5Ks, but I'm chasing it. I saw Tommy Mallett's post about chaser dopamine. It works. You have the extra spring in your step and you work harder. Mate, I'm, re- I'm ready. I've got, you know... I've got a big little uh, thing I'm working towards, a personal little goal. Something big's dropping in December and I've got eight weeks left. So you're going to see hopefully a big transformation over the next eight weeks, looking even more unbelievable than I do already. Um, And on that, I'm down for a session with Kai. So I'll see you later on. Edward, thank you very much for your time. See you later, mate. Sports Social Podcast Network.